Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game. Love the game. Or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the Sports Gal Pal herself, Ramona Rice. Well, hey there, Gal Pal Nation. That's right. I know I claimed I was back before, but I'm really back now because I'm kind of forcing myself to do it. It has been six months since my husband passed away. In the middle of March Madness, that asshole, he took my favorite sporting event and I didn't get to enjoy it because he died. It's really fucked up. Anyway, I'm Ramona Rice. I am the Sports Gal Pal. You can connect with me on sportsgalpal.com and of course on Twitter. And gals and pals, um, football season starts for me on Saturday. The University of Virginia kicks off at 3.30, taking on the University of Richmond Spiders. Go Hoos, as always. But it's significant in my own life because it's going to be my first football game in a long time without my husband. And I'm not sure how I'm going to get through it. I didn't realize how closely tied my sports fandom was to him. I know when I started this project, when I started Sports Gal Pal, the whole premise of the show was to help wives particularly understand why their husbands were sports crazy because I had a sports crazy husband and I had to understand it. I had to get to the point where it's like, okay, I'm either going to be a sports widow or I'm going to embrace it. And I chose the path of embracing it. And it was fantastic. Our marriage was strongest in the fall. In those three hours, four hours, we would spend driving up to Charlottesville and then the four hours driving back. We had endless conversations about our children, about our lives, about money, about what was going on with us. And it was uninterrupted time. And I'm really missing him, guys. It's been six months since he passed away, and I'm not sure how to be a sports fan anymore. I mean, this whole preseason, I, I've done some of the stuff. I've, I, I've barely watched any preseason football. I haven't really paid attention to the Olympics that just happened. I just have checked out. You know, A-Rod retired. I didn't have any comment. You know, Colin Kaepernick is sitting down during the national anthem. I, I, I kind of care. I just, in the scheme of everything that's happened in my personal life, with me focusing on rebuilding my family, I just, I'm like... Do sports even matter? Do they even matter to me? Should they even matter to you? And I'm wondering if that's what this show is going to change into. So I'm starting this off with an episode where I am with the Blog Talk Radio community. Um, and I went back and forth about even staying on Blog Talk, to be honest with you, because I'm the community manager podcast websites. I, and I've decided I'm staying with Blog Talk for this podcast for a couple of reasons. One, they've been so good to me. Jay Soderberg and Amy Domestico and Andy Toe and the team at Blotech Radio have been so, so good to me. And I work for a podcasting website platform that allows you to host wherever you want to. Um, though it does work better if you host with them. So 
I'm being honest, guys, and being upfront. So if you have any information about when you know how to podcast, you can go to baltechradio.com or you can go to podcastwebsites.com. And either way, they'll help you out. So this first episode back is me trying to act as normal as possible. And it's the Blotech Radio Fantasy Football League. Um, and I'm the reigning champion. And I should be trash talking and doing all kinds of stuff. And again, I had to just gear myself up. Um, little note about the audio for myself. I was actually away when this was being recorded. I was in a hotel room in Charlotte on my way to Atlanta um, to have a little vacation with the tiny humans. And so, by the way, we did see the College Football Hall of Fame. It's amazing. Go. If you love college football, it's the coolest museum. It's really interactive. It's fun. And they really tailor it. You um, I, you log in when you first walk in with these lanyards and you swipe it and, and you attach your favorite schools. So, of course, I attached UVA for me, but you could attach Florida State. You could attach Notre Dame. You could attach, you know, Ohio State, whatever. And, and what you do is you swipe your little tag on all the interactive events and it um, tailors it for you which is really cool. So um, it's in Atlanta. It's in Centennial Park, um, along with like the aquarium and Coca-Cola World. We did all those too. And we did go and see um, Turner Field. Um, I went with my best friend, Tim, my co-host of my other show. If you've been listening, we should not be friends. Uh, that comes on weekly. And um, we went down there with the kids and we watched a baseball game in, in heat, but at least got to see Ted Turner Field before it turns into a football field. You know, there is something about baseball. I've seen a couple of baseball games this summer. Um, I'm rambling. I do that. I'm out of practice, guys. I'm sorry. This feels weird. This feels weird to just be by myself without a co-host, without a guest. So anyway, so my strategy going into this um, draft was this. I was unprepared. And this could either be the best football season or the worst football season. And I think for me, this is just going to be this entire football season from fantasy, from being in a football pool. I've, I've signed up for fantasy football. I'm running a fantasy football um, league this year. I signed up for a um, football pool that involves money. Um, you know, I'm planning on watching games. I'm forcing myself to do this, though all I want to do is turn everything off and ignore the world and sit in my bed and cry most of the time because it feels like a part of my entire soul is gone and it's just the oddest thing. If you're dealing with grief of any kind, seek help. <laughs> I have and I think starting out this podcast will help you with that. So without further ado, here's the Blog Tech Radio Expert League. And I'd love to know how you think I did. Um, you can tweet me. It's at SportsGalPal um, on Twitter. And I hope to have some regular episodes out soon, guys. Thanks so much also to all my listeners who have been reaching out to me, who have gone, when you coming back? Um, it wasn't pressure. It just, it was nice to know that I've been thought of by so many people. I'm a really, really lucky girl. All right, guys, get your advice ready. Get ready. It's football time. Hello and welcome to the second annual Blog Talk Radio Fantasy Football Expert League. I am Pod Vader as your humble host and participant in this league. Uh, We have 10 teams ready to bring the thunder this 2016 fantasy season uh and we're very excited to present this to you for a second year in a row uh we will be introducing all of the teams as they make their picks unfortunately our very first participant is joel hennard from the fantasy insiders he is 
uh, apparently at uh, some sort of festival uh, and is connected uh, for the draft. So he will be making his first pick. Uh, however, he will be on. Un- uh, unfortunately, be unavailable to join us on the podcast. So. Uh, in his place, I will introduce you to our defending champion, Ramona Rice, who has the last pick in the first round. Hello, Ramona. Congratulations on winning the league last year. I, again, give all credit to you and your amazing trash talk on your uh, podcast because you set that emotion and it was awesome. I did have you on my podcast about mid-season, was it, about there? And uh, it was because it was Thanksgiving because I was delivering turkeys that day. Yes. Mm. And I said, uh, you had no chance to win. And of course, you went on to win the whole thing. That's right. So, again, be, everyone, you want to get on Podvader's podcast and let him talk all kinds of um, smash talk, and, and then you win. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Joel Hennard has gone and drafted Antonio Brown, the wide receiver from Pittsburgh. It's a very popular first round draft choice. Uh, at this point, I cannot fault it. This is a 10 team league standard scoring. It's being done on ESPN.com. So if you want to follow the fun, uh, you can check out our, our, our league on ESPN.com. It is a publicly viewed league. We are the blog talk radio fantasy league. Uh, and now uh, picking second is Brandon Marion Lee from her fantasy football and about uh, 500 other jobs that she currently has. She is stepping in for her sister, Ashley, uh, representing the podcast. Hello, Brandon. Hi, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Why don't you tell a few people what some of your other jobs are? <laughs> well, I also write for Pro Football Focus, and uh, Her Fantasy Football also has a Sirius XM radio show on Saturday nights from 9 to 11, and then I do Bleacher Report Radio on game day from 11 to 1 p.m. right up to uh, right up to kickoff, and uh, we answer fantasy football questions just for two hours straight, basically. It's pretty crazy. Fantastic. I'm seeing a trend here now in the draft. Uh, you went with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, at number two. Yep, nothing wrong with that. No, uh, wide receivers <laughs> going fast and furious in this league as the third team to draft was Matt Chatham, football by football, also a returner uh, to our league. Hello, Matt. And Matt uh, had to step away for a moment. Matt also took a wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins, uh, which is... Uh, as I said, that we've got the trend wide receivers going fast and furious in the first round. Brandon, uh, tell me a little about a little bit about why these receivers are going so quickly here. Well, I think that a lot of us are still scared from last season when obviously a lot of the running backs got hurt or didn't perform where we thought they would. It was a very bizarre year. You know, people like, you know, the steady Marshawn Lynch just, you know, I mean, there were, I mean, how many examples really from last season as far as the running back position uh, do we need to go through? But uh, yeah, I mean, so I think that people are just going for security here. It's not a PPR league, so it's not as necessary to have a stud wide receiver. But for me personally, when I've done mock drafts, I've liked my team every single time that I've started off with one of the big three, which I personally thought at least were, was uh, Antonio Brown, Oda Beckham Jr. and Julio Jones. But certainly DeAndre Hopkins, you know, deserves respect, multiple thousand yard seasons. So good stuff. Wally Sperlin represents the Fantasy Sharks. Fantasy Sharks was involved in the draft last year. But Wally, this is your first year to the league. Hello, Wally. 
Hey, thank you so much for having me this year. I'm 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 attempting to dress right now, and it's not working for me. But um, I'm happy to step in for Gary Davenport, who represented us last year. I'm looking to get Todd Gurley here, but for some reason, let's see, did it give him to me? You did. You did, in fact, get Todd Gurley. Just so you there know. There it is. All right. So, so, I, I, so you are the first. Sharks? So yes, you took the first running back here. Tell me a little about about why you went with Todd Gurley over, say, Adrian Peterson. You know, I realize that um, that offense is, is going to be stunted for the quarterback play and a little bit of the wide receiver play. But I just look at what Gurley did last year, having missed four games and still putting up, I believe, top five numbers. I think they're going to ride the kid. I, I like his skill set. You know, landing at number four, I was a little worried because one, two, or three, I would have gone wide receiver, pretty much like it went. I might have gone Jones over Hopkins, but when it came to four, I'm like, that's when I start to look at running back, and now that'll probably uh, affect our strategy going forward here. Here at Sharks, we're going to bring back the old uh, go running back early strategy. Interesting. All right. Well, I can't wait to see what your next pick is going to be. Uh, Next up on the board... Uh, is D-Rex from Pyromaniac.com. Hi, D-Rex. You're at one of our new uh, fantasy shows on Blog Talk Radio and also a new member to the league. How are you doing tonight? Great. Thanks for uh, having me on board here. I'm excited to draft with uh, some of my contemporaries, and it looks like uh, we're getting off to a good start. I was surprised to see uh, my boy Julio Jones there at the fifth pick, so I was happy to uh, jump onto that. Hopefully Atlanta can be uh, getting the end zone a little bit more and, and pull it together. But I love that target machine. And uh, I think if he can just get a couple more touchdowns, uh, he's headed for big things. Uh, always fun to do these drafts with everyone. So shout out, chest bump, uh, knuckle punch to everyone. Uh, competition's <laughs> where it's at. And uh, I listen to a lot of your shows. So uh, excited to be here. Thanks, uh, Podvader. Awesome. We're excited to have you on. We'll be talking to you a little bit more as the draft progresses. At pick number six, uh, we have Doug Nori from DFSR. DFSR. You can't say it too fast or you no, won't get all the letters. DFSR.com. Hi, Doug. How are you? Hey, DailyFantasySportsRankings.com is also too long, but search is great for that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, gl- glad to be here. Happy to get this is my first draft of the season. Excited to get started after you know focusing mostly on daily stuff. Uh, you jumped on Adrian Peterson, uh, who was still available. You took him at number six. I think it was a pretty much a no-brainer for you. Yeah, that was easy. I was kind of worried coming in at six because that t- next tier sort of drops off after five, but um, he kind of hung around long enough, so that was kind of just a click it and forget it sort of pick for me. Awesome. At number seven, uh, it was Pod Vader's turn. Hey, hi, that's me. Uh, I'm representing the Next Fan Up podcast, uh, and everyone knows that I am a big Patriots homer, but beyond that, uh, I am also a big Rob Gronkowski fan in terms of fantasy, uh, and since I was picking seven, I didn't think he was going to last uh, until my next pick in the second round. Uh, so I'm going to jump on him here uh, because I like him so much. And I think there's going to be enough value waiting for me with the next pick in the second round uh, that I can get a decent running back or wide receiver uh, at that point. Uh, so that's why I went with the big Gronk man at the number eight position. We have John uh, Solly from pro football weekly. Uh, one of our new shows on blog talk radio. Hello, John. Hey, how's it going, Pod Vader? 
it, it's going it's going pretty well. Uh, you ended up taking another wide receiver, and you went with AJ Green from the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I just think that the Bengals offense runs through Green this year. He had 180 targets back in 2013. I wouldn't be shocked to see him get 200 with the way uh, with everything Cincinnati's lost with Sanu and, and Marvin Lewis moving on. Uh, or Martin Jones moving on, not Martin Lewis. And uh, I just, I, I like Green in that spot. Excellent. Well, uh, I, 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 again, going heavy with the wide receivers early in the first round, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's fair to say that this is going to be a very interesting year uh, for everybody as uh, running backs uh, still available until we get to pick number nine. And that's Jay from Rasball, another one of our new shows. Hi, Jay. How's it going tonight? Good. How are you doing, Popator? Doing all right. You ended up jumping on a running back and took David Johnson from the Arizona Cardinals. I did. I like what he uh, is projected to do this season. I mean, last year, I think, was kind of an interesting mark for that team in general. Just the offensive play, the, what do you call it, the corticopia of quarterback play, especially, that we had. Uh, with them. So I, I kind of like what he's projected to do. And I think he's a solid first rounder. And I guess it's a little bit of a contrarian pick too, going with the running back in the first round. Uh, I've seen a lot of negatives on David Johnson. Uh, are you afraid of the fact that uh, he may not be the true number one in Arizona or maybe some of the uh, injury scares that he might present? I think it's kind of what you expect at this point of the season, just, uh, you know, with all the talk and whatnot. I'm, I'm not too afraid of it. Of course, I'll know more as we get close to the season, but I'm confident with it. I'm okay with it. Excellent. And uh, at number 10, we've introduced her already. It was Ramona Rice, the sports gal pal. So you get the wraparound picks. You take Devontae Freeman, the running back from Atlanta, and also Allen Robinson, the wide receiver from the Jaguars. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your thinking there. Um, I love going running backs first round, especially the standard league. And then Allen Robinson, Jacksonville is such an upstart team. They've got so many, and I'm sorry if you hear tiny humans giggling in the background. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, he just, I mean, he just had an amazing year. I think that that Jacksonville team is really primed to pump out some great fantasy points. So I definitely am leaning heavy towards kind of these upstart teams this year. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, at number 12, uh, that's Jay from Rasball again. Jay, you end up with the suspended running back, Le'Veon Bell. I'm back already. My goodness. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I figured going, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, what's a good handcuff? And this guy coming back in four weeks going to be fresh and one of the top players. I, it's a little risky. I could be out of the, I could be 0-4 to start the season. Um, but at that point, who really cares? And so if he comes and helps me out, yeah, why not? All right. All right. I- no, the four game suspension still you don't think that might be a little early uh you know we'll we'll know more again uh you know we're we're drafting a little bit early i'd say but honestly if, if it pays off i'll be i'll be looking pretty good if it doesn't i'm, I'm willing to take that risk like i said uh, i just think his production uh his values is still pretty good i don't like the fact that he can't control his you know his extracurricular activities but <laughs> at this point yeah i'm fine with it well, John at Pro Football Weekly, you got Lamar Miller uh, right behind Jay. W- was Le'Veon Bell on your radar at this point? He wasn't, and if uh, I wasn't going to take Bell if he was available, actually. If I'm not president, I'm vice president or on the board of the free Lamar Miller club. So I, I, to see him there in my pick, I had to grab him. 
All right. So lots of love there for Lamar Miller now with the Houston Texans. Uh, I ended up taking uh, Des Bryant. Yes, I do have some injury concerns with Des, but ultimately uh, he gets his quarterback back. uh, And I just think he's too big of a stud to pass up there. Uh, Having him paired up with Rob Gronkowski, I think I've got a pretty decent uh, receiving core starting there. Speaking of receiving cores, Doug, you end up with Brandon Marshall, the Jets wide receiver. Yeah, I was dying for Lamar Miller to fall there. Um, so I kind of had had my eyes set on I'm him. I'm not sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That was, uh, I started dreaming big because I thought there was no chance. But um, at that point, I just needed to grab uh, a highly targeted receiver, I thought. And there was, and Marshall seemed to be the last sort of that tier of um, safe wide receivers, I think. And I don't know. I, I went. There was a couple upside picks to go there, I think, but that went after. But um, I'm I'm happy with getting this kind of these this many looks per game. Uh, D Rex was up next, taking the rookie from Dallas, the anointed one, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I, I am. I have been on my podcast. I'm not a big fan of taking rookies this high. I don't think you can just look at the offensive line and say those yards are going to translate for the rookie. Uh, and I still believe that, you know, that, that running back core, there's too many places where they can hand that ball off. I don't think you can just say they're going to hand the rock off to Ezekiel Elliott, all three downs, but uh, D Rex, I'm guessing you disagree as you took him here. Yeah. I like the young fella. I'm uh, fired up to see what can happen. There's definitely a risk that comes along with, going rookie uh, that early, but I definitely like the system, the fact that they went that high, fourth pick overall on them. I think they're going to give them plenty of opportunities. Jerry Jones is trying to fill seats in that stadium, and he's trying to sell jerseys for the young fella. And uh, I am back on the clock here, uh, which is exciting. So let me focus on that, and you can move on to the next guy here. Uh, (laughs) But we'll see what happens. And uh, as lo and behold, the guy that I was going to take is still here. So I'm going to Check off here for a second and focus on this draft. All right. Wally, the fantasy draft sharks, you ended up uh, taking Doug Martin from Tampa Bay. Uh, I think actually I went with uh, Mark Ingram from New Orleans. Oh, Mark Ingram. You're right. I skipped yeah. the pick. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I love him in, in the second round. I, I think that he's somebody that last year finally began to get used in the passing game. I mean, he only played 12 games, but he had 50 receptions. Also, he's a big part of that. And even, you know, how much preseason matters, we can all debate about. But in the first game, he had a couple of short touchdown runs. So he's the goal line guy. As long as he stays healthy, I love Ingram, and I love his role in the offense now. And I said, once the draft went the way it did, I wasn't able to get the wide receivers early, which – I kind of thought I might not be able to, so I decided to go running backs early, and I'm happy with the two I have. And then, you know, I'll move on from there. I think wide receiver is so deep that I'll still be able to get some quality guys, you know, heading here on down. So I, I like where we're sitting with our with our first two running backs. So Matt Chatham ended up taking uh, Doug Martin, uh, but then uh, as the running back. Uh, as as running back started coming off the board, Brandon, you ended up with LaShawn McCoy. Were you hoping uh, maybe Martin or Ingram or Elliot fell to you at your pick? Well, I think it would have been crazy if Elliot would have gotten to me. I thought it was actually a lot later than I've seen him go the whole time. But uh, 
I, lo- I love LaShawn McCoy this year. I think they have to run in Buffalo. I, I mean, I, I, I love, I love him. Um, and I, I just, I don't see any problems. So feeling good, feeling good. So the guy at the, uh, at the bottom of the second and top of the third is Joel Hennard. Uh, he takes Alshon Jeffrey and then Cam Newton becomes our first quarterback off the board with the first pick in the third round. Uh, I, can't argue with that. Most likely the number one quarterback on most people's boards. Uh, Brandon, we're back to you. Mike Evans, the Tampa Bay wide receiver, uh, was your next pick. Your thoughts there? Uh, did uh, Jeffrey or Newton being taken off? Uh, was that a big blow to your strategy? Yeah, I know. Uh, I wanted Mike Evans for sure. Uh, there's another player that I'm considering that hasn't been taken yet, but uh, I wanted Mike Evans. You know, the guy had. Uh, you know, over a hundred targets. He's the guy there. He had 12 touchdowns his first year, three, his second. Uh, that's going to be a bounce back. He's also playing with a rookie quarterback. I feel fine. I feel great. I think Mike Evans is a volume must play. Uh, Matt Chatham known to be, to go off of the fantasy uh, drafts, taking Jordan Reed here. I think a little early. What, what do you think of Matt Chatham's pick of uh, Jordan Reed, Wally? Well, that was that was a bit early uh, that I would have gone for. Sorry, we have dinner guests, but um, yeah, uh, I think he probably could have waited two or three rounds. He'd still sit because once Gronk goes, everybody kind of sits on tight ends and waits to see. And with Reed, it's always going to be about the health. I mean, concussions, you know, other lower body injuries. So for me, I like him. I like his chances, but again, it's the thing, and we don't not draft guys. You know, being afraid of injuries. But still, history tells us some things, and this is a guy that struggles to play a 16-game season. Well, and speaking of health, uh, Jordy Nelson was your pick at number 24. Oh, I love that pick. And I've mentioned on our podcast, you know, that we do on Blog Talk Radio. Let me pin it real quick. Thursday night, 7 to 8 o'clock, Dance Football Feeding Frenzy. I picture him and Aaron Rodgers running at each other on the beach like that long-lost couple because that's how happy Rodgers is to have Jordy Nelson back, because we saw the effect on that offense without Nelson. He's just, from everything I hear, he's you know ahead of schedule on rehab. He's going to be good to go week one. And Aaron Rodgers is just going to feed him the ball incessantly. They're going to run and hug each other like Rocky and Apollo Creed. It's, it's going to be awkward, but we're going to like it for fantasy purposes. <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking more along the lines of 10. With Bo Derek and uh, Dudley Moore, that works as well. <laughs> Man, these are some old school references. I'll be honest here. <laughs> Let's go with something in the two thousands, guys. Come on. Oh. Uh, let's see. Um, hmm, I can't think of a good one. Yeah, I'm old school I'm too, too. Though too old that's... for that. Yeah. Notebook. The notebook. <laughs> yes. Or Jerry Maguire, you complete me. Well, Jerry Maguire's not from the 2000s. That's still 90s. Close enough. Close yeah. enough. Hmm. Uh, D-Rex, you took Jamal Charles at number 25. Another solid pick. Uh, any concern about the injuries there? I guess so, for sure. But that's who I was going to... It was between Elliot and Charles at my previous pick, but I just kind of 
felt like Charles was going to be able to come back to me. So I went with the youngster and uh, it paid off. So kind of got my running back situation shored up. I just love the running attack they've got there with the Chiefs. But no question about it. It seems like uh, Charles gets that knee injury about every two or three years. So it looks like I'm safe for the moment. Uh, Doug, uh, you ended up taking the running back Thomas Rawls from Seattle. Yeah, you know, um, it was I was torn between him and Lacey as a couple of guys that I thought could, you know, sort of bell cowish guys that were sort of, that were still left in that tier. So I went with Rawls. I didn't love it at the time. I was torn between him and the two other guys that I'm drafting right now, which is why I'm stumbling a little bit. But um, yeah, that's where I ended up with Rawls. I I, I don't love the pick though. Yeah, I think if he gets the majority of the carries, then I feel somewhat safe with it. All right. Uh, Brandon Cooks was my pick at number 27. Again, focusing on my wide receiving core. Uh, I, I I saw Brandon Cooks at a, a joint practice with the New England Patriots, uh, and that guy pretty much uh, cooked everybody uh, on the practice field, uh, and he had a pretty decent – I think he had a pretty decent catch in the uh, preseason game as well. So – uh, I really like Brandon Cooks. I had him last year on my fantasy team, and I liked him at that point. Keenan Allen was uh, your pick, John. Uh, did I mess up your strategy by taking Cooks right before you? Uh, no. My top three at that point were Allen, Cooper, and Watkins, and those the next three that went. So it's nice to know I'm in good company. But Allen was averaging about 11 targets a game before he got hurt last year. Uh, with Philip Rivers losing Stevie Johnson, that's one less option. I, I think Allen is, is a great pick at 28 overall. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to argue with it. I just wanted to try and stir up some controversy if I could. Uh, Jay uh, from Razball, you end up with Amari Cooper of the Oakland Raiders. A lot of people have high hopes pinned on the Oakland Raiders this year. Oh, man, it was so long ago when I drafted. This is why I hate the turn, I got to tell you. It just takes so long to get to it. Um, but yeah, I like, I like Amari Cooper a lot. Uh, I'll be honest. I was actually thinking of Keenan Allen, but I feel like Amari Cooper kind of does the same things, but maybe with a little bit of a higher ceiling. Of course, that's a dependent on the Raiders being good, which might, uh, might be a little risk, but I, I like what they're doing as a team. Uh, I like their offense going into this season. I think they might surprise as an overall, uh, as like, as an impact on like real football. Ramona, you had the uh, 30 and 31st pick. You went wide receiver with both uh, taking Sammy Watkins and Kelvin Benjamin. Tell me a little bit about Kelvin Benjamin. A little bit of a risky pick there, I think. No, not really. I mean, people forget the rookie season, thousand yard, I mean, season. So, I mean, I think he's primed to come back. He's young. He's healthy. He looks really good preseason. Um, and again, Cam Newton, the, he is eyeballing that prize of a Super Bowl. I mean, he was embarrassed by Denver last year, and I think they are all focused on getting back there. So, um, I look for, again, I'm looking for upstart teams. And while they're not really an upstart team, they're a team that's hungry, that really wants that brass ring. So, he's just a great pick. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Jay, you're back again, and uh, you took Randall Cobb uh, on your next pick. Uh, was this a receiver you were also considering? Yeah, I, I do like the Cobb. I was actually considering going running back here just because I did handicap myself a little bit by going Bell earlier, and I like to. I was thinking about filling that um, that gap for four weeks, but Cobb, I feel like, has a lot of value here. Obviously, he didn't 
put up the numbers we wanted last season, but a lot of this has to do with Jordy Nelson coming back. I feel like with Nelson coming back, Cobb will have his normal season, and of course Aaron Rodgers hasn't changed much, and the Packers' offense hasn't changed much. So, yeah, I really like him here. Uh, Speaking of running backs, John, you went with Latavius Murray at 33. Yeah, you know, we hear coaches say a lot of things during the preseason. I think most of the time we can just kind of throw it away. But the other day, Jack Del Rio came out and said that he hopes Latavius Murray is able to run the ball a little more often. And that's music to my ears because I'm high on Murray's talent. Thousand-yard rusher last year, available at pick 33. I'm taking him. That's not a bad pick. I went with the running back uh, from Green Bay, Eddie Lacy. Now, uh, lots of reports saying that he's slimmed down, uh, so perhaps could be in for a better season than what we saw out of him last season. I will say Green Bay has what I think is the easiest schedule in the NFL this coming season, uh, and I think a lot of points are going to be generated uh, from that offense. I- I'm going to go with the running back from Green Bay to help put those points on the board. Uh, the next quarterback off the board uh, happened from uh, Team DFSR, Russell Wilson, Doug. Yeah, you know, I, I typically don't like to take quarterbacks this early, though I felt like he was at the end of that Cam Newton uh, and Russell Wilson tier that just kind of sits by itself. So I thought that the next – anyone else I was taking in another position seemed like a downgrade positionally. So I'm willing to take it and hope that his legs can help me keep his floor pretty high. He's so consistent, and you know, like he, he gets out in the open field more than most other quarterbacks, so I'm, I'm willing to deal with that floor each week, the, raise the floor each week. D-Rex, Demarius Thomas, the Denver wide receiver. Are you afraid that Mark Sanchez is his quarterback, at least for now? I was making a pick here, uh, so I got my pick in, so we are good. I can, uh, I can talk to you. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a little worried about that, no question about it. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think he's all they got, and I think he'll still make some big plays. That guy had an enormous season last year, but still – kind of ended a little lower than you would have wished on the points spectrum because his touchdowns were so low. I think the I think they're going to throw more than people think. I don't think that backfield's uh, really all that. I'm not high on a, 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 a play, player or two in that backfield. So we'll see. Hopefully um, John Elway's uh, drinking uh, enough wine to pull it together and Demarius. I think he was a joke in that Super Bowl and uh, hopefully he's got a little bit of an ego and wants to fire it up this season for D-Rex and the pyromaniac.com peeps. All right. Wally, the fantasy sharks, T Y Hilton was your pick off the board at number 37. Yeah, I'm trying to, after going running back early, get as many, what I perceive to be number one wide receivers as possible. And I know there's a lot of hype and talk about that. Moncrief's going to have a good year, but it's still T Y Hilton. And he still gets to play Houston twice a year. And if you look at his numbers against Houston, they're enormous. Um, I know he got, I think he had a little bit of a hammy problem in the first preseason game. I say let him sit for a while. But I look for a bounce back year from that offense with Andrew Luck getting back on track. So you know, I'm, I'm happy to have you know Hilton as what would be my second wide receiver. So we'll roll it that way. All right. Matt Chatham. Uh- you went with Julian Edelman here. Uh, as a Patriot fan myself, uh, I am a little concerned about Edelman's health. Uh, 
had a slight scare uh, in camp with a foot injury, uh, but you're there at camp every day. So I'm guessing, you know, a little bit more about this foot injury than maybe the rest of us do. Um, uh, next up was uh, Joel Hennard. Uh He had the turn pick. So he has uh, Jeremy Hill running back from Cincinnati. Uh, and then uh, he takes Jeremy Langford, the Chicago running back. So he's filling up the running back position uh, in two quick fell swoops. Uh, Brandon, Doug Baldwin was your wide receiver of choice at number 42. Uh, yes, he was. Um, and uh, did we discuss Marco, DeMarco Murray, too? The team is delicious. Doug Baldwin as my flex feels good. So, um, you know, I filled out both of the running backs and wide receivers so far. And, uh, yeah, so I feel like Doug Baldwin, you know, everyone thinks it's, you know, a complete, you know, spoof or whatever, like a one-off last season. I disagree. I think they're going to do a lot more passing than we think. So uh, certainly the running back situation is questionable. I think they're going to lean on Doug Baldwin. They paid him like a starter and a wide receiver one. So I'm with it. I did miss DeMarco Murray for you at number 39. Sorry. It's the, uh, as I'm trying to, uh, it's all those balls I've got juggling in the air at this point, trying to uh, manage who who's connected and who's not at this point. No, um, I, I just wanted to brag. That's all. I just wanted to brag. Well, I have Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Evans, LaShawn McCoy, DeMarco Murray, and Doug Baldwin. Boom. All right. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I think there's going to be quite a few of us that are going to be bragging. Uh, Matt Chatham is going to be bragging that he got the quarterback for the team with the easiest schedule this season, that being Aaron Rodgers, uh, quarterbacking the Green Bay Packers. I do expect to see a lot of points out of that Packers offense this season. Uh, Wally Jarvis Landry, uh, the Miami wide receiver. Interesting choice here. Yeah, the, again, uh, it's going for the number one on teams. You know, to, in the 10-team leagues, kind of shore that up. Um, let's hope that offense looks better than it did in the first preseason game. But you just look at Landry's numbers. I think he's – I know Devontae Parker is expected to take a step up. I think Landry is still the number one guy there. He's got a rapport with Tannehill. So I'll go ahead and uh, – Roll with him and, and hope that, that the offense, you know, as I said, continues to improve from week one of the preseason. But I think we have to hope that it does. D-Rex, you took uh, Andrew Luck at quarterback at number 45. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to – He was he's the number one guy at the position in my tiers. I know this is uh, friendly for running quarterbacks, but uh, I just wanted to get – the highest guy that was on my tiers. I'm happy to put him. I think he's going to have a, a bounce back season. So I went with that. I lost out on a couple of uh, wide receivers that I was pretty high on, but that would have been my flex. So I, I wanted to shore up a position with a great player. I am on the clock, Jay. So let me get to it. Go for it. I will throw it to Doug now, who took Jeremy Macklin of the Kansas City Chiefs. Doug, tell me a little bit about that pick. Yeah, I was looking for still WR1. He's clearly like of a, a lower tier of what guys you would consider wide receiver one, though he does lead the team in targets, which I like. I, I, they don't pass enough to get me totally excited. But at this point, I was just sort of looking to round out some of my wide receiver core, which I thought was weaker. So I don't love, love the pick. I thought about taking Carlos Hyde here, but um, I just thought I was going to be too running back heavy if that was the case. 
Well, I ended up going with running back right after you, but I just to show how much not a homer I am, I did take Matt Forte. I think he's the forgotten running back uh, amongst this group of running backs. He tends to go really late in drafts. I think he's he's up for another standout season uh, behind that New York Jets offense. I think there's going to be a lot of other weapons that teams are going to have to play for, especially those outside wide receivers uh, that might open up some running lanes there for Matt Forte. Uh, I, I unfortunately had to take a New York jet, uh, but un, unlike other people, uh, perhaps celebrity ESPN drafters, I will take players on teams that I hate. Uh, John, uh, you ended up taking a wide receiver, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, Dante Moncrief. So I wanted Jerry Ma- Jeremy Macklin for the same reasons that Doug did, but with Macklin off the board, uh, Moncrief made the most sense to me. I'm I'm a little concerned about T.Y. Hilton's health. The Colts don't have the greatest depth at wide receiver, so if Hilton were to go down, Moncrief is essentially Andrew Luck's number one target. So uh, at pick 48, Moncrief made the most sense to me. All right. Jay, you ended up with Carlos Hyde, whose name was mentioned just moments ago. Yeah, what could go wrong with Carlos Hyde, man? Uh, yeah, you know, I think the problem here is by picking Bell so early, I'm kind of creating my team based around this pick and trying to figure out how I want to piece everything together. And Hyde seems like an okay fit. Obviously, last year was, yeah, you know, he had some flashes. It's true. I could probably count all those flashes on half of my hand. But, you know, the ceiling, I feel, still there. And he gets a four-week tryout. Uh, in that running back position. If he doesn't turn out, then I guess I can throw in Bell. So I'm, it's kind of insurance to my insurance to my insurance, if that makes sense, which it probably doesn't. But I still like him here. That's all right. I Dan, think you're I not concerned him. about Chip Kelly at all? I mean, I'm more concerned about ESPN doing that stupid clock. Uh, I, it sounds like you're on a motorboat for me. But, um, yeah, I just, you know, Chip Kelly is going to do Chip Kelly-like things. I don't think it really affects Carlos Hyde too much, uh, unless Ryan Matthews is on that team, which I don't think will happen yet. So, well, speaking of Ryan Matthews, the uh, Eagles homer Ramona, who asked you about Chip Kelly, took Ryan Matthews and then took your handcuff, your insurance policy for Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams. Uh, Any strategy involved here uh, besides your deep homerism for the Eagles? I like Ryan Matthews. I like him when he's healthy, number one. Um, two, I think he's going to do much better with Peterson. I think the entire Eagles team is going to do much better without Chip Kelly. Yay. I'm so rejoicing. Chip Kelly is far, far away on the West Coast. Good for him. Um, and D'Angelo Williams, yeah, especially the first four weeks with Bella, he's going to be the number one back. So it's, just, it's, it's a really good, again, position pick to get him that late in the draft. Uh, Jay, what do you? any response? Were you hoping maybe D'Angelo Williams would fall to you at some point? No, I wasn't really. I'm not too invested into the same team hand, hand, uh, handcuffs just because, I mean, we know Bell's coming back uh, after a set amount of time. So I feel like, you know, there there won't be like a job security question. Uh, Bell's the guy when he comes back. So I'm not terribly concerned with that, no. Eric Decker was your pick at number 52. Uh, I mentioned those outside wide receivers for the Jets. And Decker, I saw some sort of crazy stat that he was – crazy good in the red zone uh last year for the jets yeah i mean the guy seems to be money i i like the fact that he's able to succeed even though the new york jets quarterback situation is akin to i don't know the donald trump campaign you know it's just all over the place most of the time so you know it's just he's a solid receiver he always brings you 
you know, a, a range of stats that you really like at that wide receiver, maybe two. So I feel like he's a great option at this stage in the draft. All right. John, you were up next at 53. You took Michael Floyd, the wide receiver from Arizona. Yeah, I was looking to build some wide receiver depth. And, and I know Larry Fitzgerald is the number one receiver in Arizona's offense, but Michael Floyd was right behind him, especially from about week six on last year. So Floyd at 53, I think, was a great pick. Uh, I need a quick quick break here as I talk with my uh, draft partner, my 12-year-old son. Why do you want a quarterback so badly here? You need a quarterback. You are going to get messed up if you don't take a quarterback here. <laughs> uh, I think there's still a lot of value at quarterback. I don't think I want a quarterback. Okay, then take Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart over C.J. Anderson or even Dion Lewis? We got 20 seconds. I say you take. No, it sounds crazy, Emmanuel Sanders. I don't think it sounds as crazy as you think, but I'm going to go with Golden Tate. Okay. And the reason why I overruled him on Golden Tate is because I think Golden Tate's the number one in Detroit. Emmanuel Sanders is not the number one in Denver. All right. That's dangerous, Uh, man. He's going to remember this 20 years from now. He he might. He, He very well might. Uh, might he'll remember kids do that jay or whichever one you so while my son plans his revenge 20 years from now doug from dfsr took jordan matthews the wide receiver from philadelphia uh d-rex uh you ended up with matt jones uh the washington redskins uh running back for me matt jones i'm I'm high on him he turned into be my flex um, and I, I don't know. I just, I just think he's got that backfield. I like the trajectory, um, for the entire offense of Washington this year. They got a nice schedule across the board. I think they've got a little semblance of, uh, a, a core team and an attack through the air with a lot of weapons there that I think is going to help out the second year player out of Florida. I'm really high on that. I went for it when I had it and, uh, we'll see again right now. I'm not too psyched with um, what's going to be my third uh, wide receiver with a pick in the future. But because we are only need two wide receivers, I don't really have to worry too much about it. I think a lot of these next guys are all kind of in the same hemisphere. So um, still a lot of talent out there. Pretty excited. Awesome. Uh, Wally, uh, running back was your pick at 57, CJ Anderson. Yeah, once again, keeping with my philosophy of staying with as many number ones as I can get on a team, you know, in, in a 10-team league, uh, I think C.J. Anderson, especially down the stretch, in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl, once again, asserted himself as the number one running back in Denver. I don't see a lot of competition behind him. You know, they have, I think they have the rookie, is it Devontae Booker, with that Ronnie Hillman, who's battling for a roster spot, Capri Bibbs. Um, it's Anderson's job, so he's going to get the bulk of the carries, and hopefully he has stepped into what he understands his role is, which is to be the number one. I was a little bit fooled by him last year. I was way high on him, and then he battled injuries early, but I think I just, I just like it. Again, I think this is a team with Sanchez, a quarterback, and that's why I'm predicting they're going to want to run the ball. So I have no problem with him, and uh, I can plug him in my flex. 
I'm going to roll through a bunch of the picks here now. Uh, Matt Chatham took Alan Hearns, Jacksonville wide receiver. Uh, next up, we had uh, her fantasy football with Greg Olson coming off the board at number 59. Uh, another tight end, Joel Hennard takes Delaney Walker, uh, the Tennessee tight end, and then Emmanuel Sanders, whom you heard uh, my son and I discuss uh, at 61. Uh, Brandon, you do go quarterback at 62 with Drew Brees. Um, Saints in that uh, NFC South, uh, what, do you, what do you like about Drew Brees, other than the fact that he's Drew Brees? Yeah, I mean, this was not hard uh, for me. Uh, To me, Drew Brees is the end of the top tier. Uh, I actually don't have Ben Roethlisberger or Andrew Luck in the top tier for me personally. Uh, Drew Brees just keeps doing it over and over and over again. And until the guy throws under 4,000 yards, like who's complaining? You know, he's always leading the league in yards, even when he misses time. So uh, I, I, yeah, I filled out my roster and, and, you know, I, at that point I had Greg Olson and I just wasn't in love with anyone else. So I thought, you know what? The value is there. All right. Next up after, uh, after Drew Brees, uh, we had Jonathan Stewart uh, for Matt Chatham. Uh, Kobe Fleener uh, was up next, uh, taken by the Fantasy uh, Sharks and Wally. Uh, big run on tight ends here. D-Rex takes Travis Kelsey at 65. Uh, Doug for DFSR ends up with that number one receiver, Larry Fitzgerald from Arizona. Uh, I then at 67 finally take the quarterback my son wanted, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, I they did it last year. Uh, I'm guessing that uh, he's going to be able to put up some points again this year. Uh, next up was John from Pro Football Weekly. Rashad Jennings, the running back from the Giants. Uh, John, the Giants running back uh, backfield, you know, it's always one that's full of points, but I don't know if we've ever really been able to tell which running back is the guy that's scoring them all. So that's what it has been. I don't think it's going to be that this year, or at least it's going to be a little less than that. Every report out of training camp so far is that Rashad Jennings is starting to almost run away with this job. Uh, Andre Williams is basically on the shelf, and uh, Shane Green, quite frankly, is old. So I, I think Rashad Jennings needed a little bit of running back depth, and, and he's the number one guy. All right, then. Uh, Jay, uh, at Rasball, you take Arian Foster in Miami. Uh, tell me a little bit about your thoughts on the running back situation with the Dolphins. I mean, I like what I've read so far. Apparently, all the reports out of camp have been pretty stellar for Foster. I mean, obviously, you have to tune out some of, some of the hyperbole that comes out during this time of year. But, you know, it could be worse. He could just be on... You know, he could just be out for the season again um, at this point. So, you know, we're, we're at the point in the draft where you can kind of uh, pick and choose your high risk, high rewards. And Foster seems like a good choice here. Ramona takes uh, two wide receivers, Deshaun Jackson, Michael Crabtree. Uh, Jay, I'm going to come back to you again with another running back. You take uh, Dion Lewis uh, coming back from a pretty significant uh, injury for him, uh, that ACL which has been uh, an issue for him through his entire career. Yeah, I would totally agree with that uh, assessment. Uh, like I said from previously, this is a time where you can kind of pick it. I, I know that this isn't a PPR league, but when he was playing, he was an obviously, uh, you know, Tom Brady had a certain affinity for him. Uh, so he, I feel like 
you know, he's on my bench right now. Who's to say that he'll crack the starting lineup? But if he does, it'll be when we know he's healthy and, you know, when Tom Brady is back. So I feel like it's, it's again, a nice choice for depth and uh, another running back for, you know, what I feel like is kind of an iffy running back team so far. Uh, my team, not the Patriots. <laughs> uh, John, I don't you want take to mess up any Patriots fans. So. <laughs> John, you took uh, Tyler Lockett, the Seattle wide receiver, and I have to say, uh, for the first time in this draft, you poached one of mine. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm good. Really <laughs> uh, well, I, I like, I like my pick even more then. <laughs> no, my, uh, my colleague at Pro Football Weekly, Arthur, Arthur Arkish, has uh, been putting together several videos and then a whole lot of content with us. And trying to sneak his phrase, lock it in, uh, as much as possible, so... Uh, that pick was almost for him, but I, I do love Tyler Lockett this year. Uh, I, 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 I'm on board. Put me on the Tyler Lockett train as well. Uh, my next too. pick. My next pick after missing out on Tyler Lockett, I went running back, uh, trying to uh, get some backups there for for my starters. Uh, took Melvin Gordon in San Diego. Not necessarily in love with him, but at this point, uh, you know. It's not really that much in terms of great quality running backs. At least I don't think. Um, Doug, if you're there, I'd like to talk to you about drafting Cleveland Browns. Yeah, the um, I this is sort of uh, like you said, someone said before, sort of taking a risk at this point in the draft. And I'm sort of banking on the fact that Johnson's able to come out of camp over Kroll. So also it's a little bit of a risk here, but no one else really enticed was enticing to me in terms of upside. If he can break camp, which I know is a little bit risky. Yes. Uh, as we were talking about catchphrases, uh, mine this season is friends. Don't let friends draft Cleveland Browns. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sort of banking on the idea that Robert Griffin uh, can make them a better team, which is, uh, <laughs> that's always a tough thing to roll the dice on. Uh, you have a better chance of uh, Leicester City winning uh, the Premier League. Oh, wait, that did happen. <laughs> um, all right, D-Rex, Kevin White, the Chicago wide receiver. Uh, this is essentially his rookie year. Yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm a Chicago guy. Wally, you took uh, Torrey Smith, the San Francisco wide receiver. Again, uh, much like friends don't let friends draft Cleveland Browns, um, San Francisco 49ers aren't that far off either. Yeah, I get that. But I think you also looked at the history of Chip Kelly, which is not a great history, but Jeremy Macklin had a career year playing for him. Deshaun Jackson had a strong year playing for him. The number one wide receivers in his offenses do well. And this is a team that I believe is going to get a lot of garbage time points, which count as well. So I see Torrey Smith. There's a nice safe pick here. You know, he, he's depth forming, but he can be a bi week filler. Like I said, this team is going to be trailing late in games, and he'll be able to catch plenty of passes as they play the prevent defense and just roll up yards, maybe some touchdowns. I just like him. I, think, I just think the number one wide receiver at Chip Kelly offense does pretty well. The offense in general, not so much. But the number one wide receiver, I like that. Uh, Matt Chatham took Marvin Jones at pick number 78, uh, the Detroit wide receiver. Um, I think he might be the guy we sometimes hear in the background, but I have a feeling he can't hear us, unfortunately. Uh, 
next up, uh, Brandon, I'm going to come to you in a second. You ended up taking two running backs here, Frank Gore at 79, uh, and then you took Chris Ivory at 82. In between those picks, uh, Joel Hennard took the other one of my guys that I was targeting in Tom Brady, uh, the suspended one, free Tom Brady, uh, and Justin Forsett, the running back. Talk to me about your uh, running back picks here. Brandy. Yeah, uh, I decided to go uh, slow and steady, but some two players that usually do well. So on a game by game basis to do bi week fill ins, um, I kind of like a lot of the wide receivers a little bit lower on the list. So I decided to wait it out. All right. Uh, Matt Chatham took uh, my guy that I saw at uh, the, the uh, dual training camp, Willie Sneed. For the New Orleans Saints, this guy, I think, is due for a big, big year uh, for New Orleans. Talk about another wide receiver that was just owning the Patriots secondary. Granted, it was practice, um, but I, man, he he looked really, really, really good. Uh, Wally, Eli Manning, the New York Giants quarterback, you, you're hoping that he's he's got a bounce back in him? Oh, I not even a bounce back. I just want him to continue what he's done under the last two years with McAdoo. Uh, he's thrown sixty, I believe, sixty-five touchdown passes, right, in the last two years. He's got OBJ, uh, the rookie Sterling Shepard. Uh, I don't know if we can expect anything from Cruz, but no, I, I love Eli in the McAdoo offense, and he loves it. Yeah, he actually has thrown sixty-five touchdowns and twenty-eight interceptions in the last two years. I'll take that, especially around eight. I was going to go jump on it around seven, but I could tell this by how the draft was going. I could sit and wait and, you know, gave me a chance to take a wreath on Torrey Smith. I love Eli. And I realized that nobody holds grudges like fantasy owners. And he had that 27 interception year, which no one's going to forgive him for. But you know what? I like what he does playing for McAdoo. And that's why I believe the Giants got rid of Coughlin and – I let McAdoo run the team, and I love Eli in this offense. All right. Uh, Devontae Parker uh, was D-Rex's next pick at 85. Uh, He's due to uh, draft again shortly, so let's move on to uh, Doug, who took Josh Gordon. Um, I really want to talk to you, Doug, even though I know you're picking right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, stuck in the middle of a pick here. Um, I'll just say, whenever you can take as many Cleveland Browns as possible, you just have to do it, obviously. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he, if he comes back early enough, he has the most upside of anybody at this uh, in, in that tier left. So um, it's not a Browns and Browns thing for me. It's just upside in that tier. And if he comes back week four, uh, I the, to me, if there's no sense in not g- giving it a try. He's sitting on starting on the bench for me anyway. So, you know, why not try to hit some of that, uh, hit some of that upper tier upside. All right. Uh, Danny Woodhead was my pick at 87. Uh, no one is a bigger fan of Danny Woodhead than I, and I can say at five foot six, I am taller than Danny Woodhead. Uh, John, you took uh, the first defense off the board in the Seahawks. So I think Doug and I are on the same page because Josh Gordon was number one in my queue before Doug took him. Uh, so I just decided to go safe. I'll go with the, the number one scoring defense over the past four years and take the Seahawks and just be happy with it. Uh, Jay, you went uh, with old reliable Antonio Gates of the San Diego Chargers, although 
how reliable he will be in these later years, I don't know. I guarantee you at least six six good weeks. I guarantee six good weeks. Uh, <laughs> I actually went two Chargers here, which um, is a great strategy in fantasy football. It's definitely something I would recommend uh, to all the masochists out there. So, uh, yeah, I still like Gates. And if you get Gates, why not get Rivers? Uh, they've had this, uh, you know, uh, connection. Um, some say both mental and physical connection, um, you know, throughout their careers. So, yeah, why not? Uh, Philip Rivers was your pick at 92. In between, Ramona, you took Carson Palmer from Arizona and TJ Yeldon, the running back from Jacksonville. Didn't you have Yeldon last year? I did, and it was okay. I mean, in the slid in rounds, it's just one of those things, grab players as you can. The, the hotel Wi-Fi, uh, usually not the mm. most reliable. John, the rookie wide receiver for the New York Giants, Sterling Shepard, certainly making some noise. Yeah, obviously I'm a believer in the Giants offense, taking Richard Jennings earlier uh, in the draft. So Sterling Shepard making some noise, like you said early on, so I'll take him. Uh, at number 94, I took running back Giovanni Bernard. Um, I still love uh, good old Giovanni. Um, but I also noticed that most of my running backs have a bye week in week 11. So I needed to get another running back who didn't have a bye week in week 11. Uh, thus, whomever I'm playing in week 11, uh, you have a pretty good chance of uh, wiping me clean because uh, week 11 is a fairly popular bye week for me. Uh Doug, John Brown, for the Arizona wide receiver, uh, was your next pick. And then uh, we, we I think we can talk to you now, D-Rex. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Tyler Eifert, the Cincinnati tight end. Yeah. Uh, who knows? I, I got a pretty good tight end already in a Kelsey. Last year, I won a couple championships uh, with the Eifert and a Kelsey. So I've got a little love in my heart for those fellas. We'll see. Eifert probably going to miss a little bit of the beginning of the season, but I can handle that. And if he can come back, I'm not expecting that kind of TD barrage that he had last year, but a lot of targets have left that team. And it's essentially AJ and Eifert, in my opinion, catching balls from uh, Dalton. So I like him. It's, it gives me a little bit of depth. I could have gone and get, grabbed another wide receiver or another uh, running back, obviously, but uh, I'm happy with this pick. And if he can come back and do anything, then he can be a plug and play guy or maybe be, even be a flex if he comes back and starts performing anywhere near what he was doing in those games last year. All right, Wally, uh, you went with Derek Henry, the Tennessee running back. Oh, yeah. I loved what I saw from him in the first preseason game. And again, it's just preseason, but I think he has a very good chance to carve out a role in that offense. I don't think they're just going to lean on Murray the whole time, although they've talked about it. I mean, he showed nice footwork burst to the hole, goal, you know, the availability to score at the goal line. I just, I, I like Henry, and I think maybe by season's end, he takes over that number one job. So, again, it's running back depth. You know, I went running back early, and it's somebody nice to have on my bench and then see if he works his way into a bigger role as the season goes on, come playoff time. All right. Uh, Julius Thomas was uh, was picked next. By Matt Chatham of Football by Football. Uh, Team Williams here, her for fantasy football. And Brandon, I'm going to talk to you here in just a second. Stefan Diggs at 99 uh, for the Minnesota uh, Vikings. 
Uh, Joel takes the Patriots defense at pick 100. Travis Benjamin now with San Diego. And then you take Corey Coleman in Cleveland. There's a lot of Cleveland love in this draft tonight. What is going on here, Brandon? Well, uh, I, I really like Corey Coleman. I think that, uh, you know, the guy scored 20 touchdowns last season at Baylor. And obviously there's not a direct correlation to exactly what he'll do in the NFL because that would be insane. Uh, but the guy has a nose for the football. He's been great in practice. I think that uh, he's the future of this organization. And even though Josh Gordon has a lot of upside, he's still not going to be there for four weeks. And they still consider Corey Coleman the man moving forward. Uh, you know, there's kind of this <laughs> Baylor connection there. It's a little crazy. I just felt like he had the most upside at that point. He and uh, and I really like Stefan Diggs. I, I know I'm I'm probably not super popular uh, with that opinion. I know there's a lot of Laquan Treadwell believers out there, and I think Treadwell will come forward towards the end of the season a little bit more. But Stefan Diggs is having a really great uh, preseason, and I I uh, am supportive for sure. All right, so. While there's a bunch of Cleveland love that I will never quite possibly understand, the Los Angeles Rams of St. Louis uh, have Tavon Austin off the board now, uh, thanks to Matt Chatham of Football by Football. Uh, Wally, uh, you went with tight end uh, and took Martellus uh, Bennett from the New England Patriots. Uh, I'm curious if you're thinking along the same lines as I am. Talk about Martellus Bennett here. Oh, yeah, I think that he's a, a strong, athletic tight end, a, a good route runner. Uh, he's a guy that's probably suffered from lack of focus at times. Uh, you know, if, if he is disinterested, then he tends to not play well. I don't think that's a concern with Belichick. But I think you look, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to put up Aaron Hernandez numbers from the year that him and Gronk were both top 10. But this offense will probably run a lot of uh, two tight end sets because they don't have a lot of receiving options. I mean, you've got Edelman, Amendola. I mean, Mitchell's a little bit hurt now. He's still playing. So they're going to run two tight end sets, and teams are going to buy out to take care of Gronkowski. That's going to leave the black unicorn. Yes, I just wanted to use that nickname. (laughs) Open for a lot of red zone opportunities, and I just I like Bennett's chances as long as he keeps his head on straight, and I think the hoodie will make sure that happens. I, I also have a feeling Bennett is going to be a big uh, teddy bear for Jimmy Garoppolo in those first mm-hmm. in those first four weeks. Um, but we all know Gronk is Brady's teddy bear. Uh, I think Bennett m- might be a guy that you can benefit from early on in those first four weeks and then sell high, uh, as I exactly. think uh, a lot of his scoring will come early, uh, and then Gronk will take over when Brady's back behind center. Uh, speaking of New England Patriots, D-Rex, a kicker. Kickers are supposed to be the last round, my friend. What what What's with a kicker here? I love getting tier one dudes. This guy I've had on my team essentially every year for the last four or five, and I'm just guaranteed 130 to 150 points. I love the fact that Brady's gone for the first four weeks because I can see that team getting close enough where they don't quite get there all the way. I'm all in on getting Gostkowski. Um, I know that's the 11th round, but I don't have to worry about the kicker position, and I know I've got probably the number one. If another guy has an amazing season, then he's the number two kicker. And the way I draft is filling those tier one guys, filling guys that I don't have to think about. 
I got zero headaches. I'm not drafting another kicker. And I love, I love this guy. Seriously. I love him a long time. Uh, Doug, uh, at pick 106, uh, tight end Zach Ertz. Uh, yeah, I needed a tight end. I was going to take Bennett there. Um, and then got scooped. And so I went with Ertz, 112 targets last year, which not it's not elite elite, but it's pushing up against it. So there's a couple other guys in that tier, but I, I needed it to fill out my tight end, and he seemed like the guy to do it with. And uh, that noise you heard in the background is the fact that Doug is up next because yeah. I just made uh, my pick uh, in the uh, – what round are we in? Uh, the 12th. Uh, in the 11th round, I ended up taking Amir Abdullah because I um, wasn't really paying attention, so he ended up being auto-picked for me. I've, But I'm okay with Amir Abdullah at that point uh, as he provides some more depth uh, for my running back core. Although uh, Dwayne Allen, the Indianapolis tight end, uh, John, uh, might have been a better choice for me at that point. I, I think so, too, even though I, I kind of like Abdullah. Dwayne Allen is out of a timeshare now. I think he's got double-digit touchdown upside. I think that's his ceiling. So I, I'm all over him to pick 108. Hey, Todd, uh, I live just outside Detroit, and you're doing okay with Abdullah because he is the number one. You know, that people want to say his fumbling issues are going to be a problem. Uh, this is Wally here in case you didn't know. But, no, he, he's getting the number one reps. Ridley's way down the list. Uh, Zach Center is still a project. So, Abdullah, he's going to get the first crack. You know, besides third down duties, that's going to be Riddick. But Abdullah, he's going to get the first crack at everything. So, that's not that bad a pick. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not overly upset about the auto pick other than it was ended up being an auto pick for me. But... <laughs> The, uh, the, the I, I was definitely not looking to pick up a fourth backup running back. Um, that was not in my strategy plans there, but I'm okay with it. Uh, Jay, uh, Vincent Jackson was a guy that I was considering at that point uh, at wide receiver. Um, the, the quintessential whack-a-mole, uh, the up and down roller coaster player. But again, at this point, uh, probably some pretty good upside uh, at pick 109. Yeah, exactly what you said. It's kind of akin to Russian roulette, how how the seasons go. I mean, maybe less mortally wounding, I guess is a way to put it, if that's even a phrase. But I like the fact that, you know, back in the last five years, he's perpetually fallen in his draft position to where at this point you feel like, wow, yeah, why not? I mean, there's no reason against it at this point. Ramona... You took the you took the roll of the dice with Jimmy Graham for Seattle, uh, but then Mohamed Sanu for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, also a fairly deep pick here. I know that it, it, Sanu is kind of an off pick, but again, I never know what's going on with Atlanta and what they're going to do. So they paid a, you know, a good amount of money for him. I think they're going to utilize him. And again, it's so deep in the draft that it's time to take some chances. And worst case scenario, he flops in the first couple of weeks. I drop him, pick up somebody else on waiver wires. I mean, that's the way it works. All right. Uh, Jay, uh, you took LeGarrette Blunt from the New England Patriots, uh, but I'm going to skip over Blunt and go right to John uh, from Pro Football Weekly taking uh, the Buffalo quarterback Tyrod Taylor. Well, yeah, Buffalo clearly believes in him, giving him that big old contract. And I've been a fan of, of Ty God uh, on the DFS side since last year. I think he's only going to continue to get better. I needed a QB. He's my first one off the board. Uh, I'm happy with Tyrod Taylor at this point. 
All right. Fair enough. Uh, Marcus Wheaton was my pick at wide receiver. If I've got Ben Roethlisberger, why not uh, take a bench wide receiver uh, from the guy that I think is going to score a bunch of points, and uh, Marcus Wheaton should benefit from some of those points. Laquan Treadwell, uh, the Minnesota wide receiver, uh, again, sort of an anointed one, the guy, the savior for the Minnesota team. I'm, I, I hate the Minnesota Vikings, I, and it might be misplaced, but I really do, Doug. So uh, well, tell me why of, I should stop hating so much. I've done a good job of drafting wide receivers on run-heavy teams, which doesn't seem to usually equate to big upside. But my point, my, my, my goals in the draft now are just to sort of draft upside players entering new situations that we're not totally sure about. And if he doesn't get the, like, if he doesn't steal more of Diggs's targets, then so be it. But Diggs, while good, isn't, they drafted the treadwell for a reason. So this, that's sort of my, my strategy here is to just grab, like I said, as much upside as possible, especially with guys where we're not totally sure of their, uh, of what it's going to look like once they get to the regular season, which I'm about to do right now with my next pick also. Uh, D-Rex took uh, Charles Sims, uh, the running back from Tampa, at pick 116. And I also need to make a pick here, and I'm going to go there. Uh, Marcus Mariota comes off the board at 117 uh, for Wally. Uh, Matt Chatham takes Blake Bortles, the Jacksonville quarterback. You know, a lot of talk, Brandon, because uh, I can't talk to Matt, unfortunately. Uh, so I will talk to you since you're right behind him. Uh, is uh, the, the regression due for Blake Bortles in Jacksonville? A lot of his points last year came in garbage time. Yeah, I well, I mean, that's going to probably happen. I don't think it'll be as drastic as what people are making it out to be. It's kind of like the Jeremy Langford hate. I mean, there are certain narratives that have become just too strong. And I believe the regression for the Jacksonville Jaguars is part of that. I think that, first of all, the Allen brothers, as we like to call them, are phenomenal athletes. They're going to throw to them. I mean, just that only makes sense in life. Uh, and then they brought in Chris Ivory. But I think they actually still do believe in TJ Yeldon. So I think they have four very secure offensive weapons that they're going to use. And don't underestimate the power of Blake Bortles putting the team behind the eight ball on his own. I mean, he is Mr. Interception, Mr. Sacks. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> he does his own... Uh, doing as far as getting points scored against him. And, you know, it is what it is. So I think they are going to have to scramble a little bit more than they think. The defense is definitely improved. They're still very young players. So I'm not as sold that it's going to 180 the way that other people are. So I guess it's just a matter of opinion. And that's why we have the preseason. And that's why we play the games. And Julius Thomas. Absolutely. Julius Thomas. Exactly. And so, um, you know, I think Julius Thomas is a much better uh, tight end than what he showed last season. And people say that it's all Peyton Manning. I I disagree. You know, um, he is a wonderful red zone target. And I think that's what they're going to try to exploit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brandon, uh, I just finished saying friends don't let friends draft Cleveland Browns. I couldn't stop you, though. I made fun of your sister last year for taking... Uh, basically the entire Denver Broncos, and you now have three Cleveland Browns on your team. Isaiah Crowell at 119, Gary Barnage at 122. 
Yeah, I almost didn't draft Gary Barnage because of that, but it was just such value at that point. I just couldn't stop it. So I was like, oh, man. I mean, listen, Isaiah Crowell was the last starting running back. And I know everyone's talking about Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson's the third down back. Isaiah Crowell is still listed as the starter. Hugh Jackson still talks about him being the starter. I think he's going to be the Jeremy Hill that frustrates people and he falls into the end zone and everyone's like, oh, he's not that good. Well, if he scores points, he's that good. Uh, Corey Coleman, again, is the potential guy. And then Gary Barnage, they need him. RG3 needs tight ends. That is, you know, so, you know, I unfortunately, the last three picks all ended up being Cleveland Browns, but that was entirely just how the uh, the draft fell to me. But I, you know, I feel good about our starting lineup. You you start mixing it up with these uh, bench players for sure. Uh, Joel, in between your picks, took Jalen Strong, wide receiver from Houston, Bilal Powell, running back from the Jets. Matt Chatham at 123 took Jay Ajayi, uh, the Miami running back. I know he took him last year. I know he loves him. Uh, and so I think he's expecting maybe what he thought he'd see last year to see it this year. Uh, Wally uh, takes the Eagles defense. Um, interesting choice here with the Eagles defense. Wally, why the Eagles here? Oh, because... I live just outside Detroit, uh, about 20 miles outside Detroit. So I lived through the Jim Schwartz head coaching era. But Jim Schwartz as the defensive coordinator is very, very good. He runs a wide nine. He opens up your defensive ends to get after the quarterback. They had four sacks in their preseason opener. Now Brandon Graham is going to get after the quarterback. Vinny Curry is going to get after the quarterback. It's going to free up. They got rid of Byron Maxwell, which was a horrible signing last year, but it's going to free up their secondary to not have to cover guys for 10 seconds at a time. This defense is going to put up top five numbers, and they're like being drafted around 18 or 19. That's why I I probably reached for them here, but I wanted to make sure I didn't miss them. Jim Schwartz runs an aggressive defense. Michael Kendricks is going to have a great year. Jordan Hicks. They're just going to keep coming after the quarterback. And that's going to create turnovers. It's going to create big scoring for the Eagles. I'm so happy to get them here. Actually, I wrote an article on Fantasy Sharks, which I've never done in my four years of writing, just about a team defense, and it was about the Eagles and why I think they're going to be so good. I've got them like my number four defense going into the season. Hmm. All right. It's That's interesting. Um I got to tell you that I'm happy uh, that the Panthers defense remained available just three picks later, because that's exactly who I picked in between us. Devonte Booker and Michael Thomas were drafted uh, by D Rex and uh, Doug of DFSR. Uh, Kirk cousins came off the board for uh, John uh, at 128. at 129. Sammy Coates went to Jay at Rasball. Ramona takes Devon Funches and Darren Sproles at 130, 131. Uh, I heard an, mm. what, uh, what are your thoughts there? Mm, person. Oh, that was me. I love Funches. Um, Probably somebody, if I didn't already go wide receiver heavy, uh, again, this is Wally here. From everything I've read and the clips I can see and a little bit of I've watched of their preseason game, Funches is pretty much surpassing Calvin Benjamin as, as their best wide receiver right now, which makes sense. Benjamin's out of here. He's got to get back into shape. Funches was barely used, and now he's got a whole 
second training camp to get ready, I just hear great things about punches right now. And I'm a Michigan State fan, so for me to be talking nice about a Michigan guy, it, it, it kind of hurts me. But everything I see and read is that Funches is, is a very, very good late-round sleeper. Ramona, that's got to make you feel pretty good about the pick now. Uh, Jay was up next at 132, uh, taking James Starks, the Green Bay running back. Kyle Rudolph uh, went at 133. Uh, I showed my homerism by taking Chris Hogan. Even my son looked at me with uh, crazy eyes. Uh, I don't know. I just He fits in that Amendola-type role, and Amendola does have injury history. I know Hogan's uh, coming back from a shoulder, but... Um, at this point in the draft, I can show a little homerism, and I needed a wide receiver. Tony Romo uh, was next uh, for you, Doug. Doug, that could be a, a great pick that you could have a top-tier quarterback uh, pick 135. Yeah, you know, typically I like to stream, especially with a league this small, streaming quarterbacks, you know, when doesn't is just probably the way to go typically. Though with Romo, I He's probably coming under value just because he hardly played. So I thought it was just it was worth it to do it. And now it's my turn to pick again. But I thought it was worth it at that point just because I wasn't in love with any of the position players around him. So I, I had no problem doing it on the upside. Yeah, I mean, uh, when you're talking about valuable quarterbacks available late in the draft, D-Rex, you got Andy Dalton, who had a big year last year. Yeah, I was thinking about doing a Romo in the, in the previous round, but... Uh, did that double check by Delio, and he was in uh, week 10, the same as Andrew Luck. So I was hoping that uh, Andy would make it back. We'll see. That team was awesome last year. The fact that he went down, they were, they were looking like they could have been a Super Bowl caliber team. And uh, Andy Dalton made that step and that leap. So I'm, I'm looking and liking him. And in certain matchups, while I do think Andrew Luck is going to bounce back and be the man, uh, it's nice to have Andy Dalton uh, in there when this matchups and situations call for it. Uh, Wally, you went with Anquan Bolden, the Detroit wide receiver. He had a big uh, preseason game one. Yeah, I just think that's still a situation in flux. You know, they signed Marvin Jones. He's a good red zone threat. You know, Golden Tate's going to do what he does, kind of a slot receiver. He can go deep a little bit. But Anquan Bolden is going to end up being a really good red zone threat, and especially the injury to Ebron, which I think the Lions are really hedging their bets on because they just went out and signed Andrew Corliss, who's suspended for the first two games. So Ebron's injury is probably a lot worse than they're letting on. So they need red zone threats, and there is not a better my ball wide receiver than Anquan Bolden or a better route runner. When he can post up on you, it's like getting rebounds. So when it goes to Bolden, he gets it. I love him. I mean, I, I just love him as a guy that's going to step up. He's going to be the veteran leader for that wide receiving core that Calvin Johnson never was. I mean, Calvin was a great player, but he was like Barry Sanders. He wasn't a leader. Anquan Bolden is. I mean, we all remember him and Todd Haley going at it on the sideline during the playoffs on their way to the Super Bowl. So – I love Bolden, and I love what he's going to bring to that offense. And Matthew Stafford's already said he's picking his brain to learn how to be a better quarterback. Don't go far, Wally, because I'm going to run through these picks right to your next one. Uh, Matt, 
Matt Chatham took the Texans D at 138. Uh, Brandon takes Steve Smith Sr., Baltimore wide receiver at 139. The the old man who never ages. Graham Gano, the kicker at 140 for Joel Hennard, along with Zach Miller, tight end for Chicago. I know there's a lot of a lot of people have sleeper written on him. There's that Broncos love by the Her Fantasy Football team. They take the defense at 142. Uh, Chandler the the Arizona kicker, he goes next. Oh, thank you, son. Uh, but now Robert Aguayo, the rookie kicker for Tampa Bay. Wally, uh, tell me a little about what you like about the rookie kicker. You know what? I just figure, uh, as far as kickers, you know, they are the hamsters of fantasy football, the disposable pet. You can get rid of them from week to week. If Tampa Bay is going to trade up into the second round of draft this kid, I know his first extra point, he points off of the um, goalpost, but hey, if, if they're going to trade up to get him in the second round, then you know what? I, can, I might as well go and get him in the second or last round of fantasy draft and, and see. And if you know, somehow he doesn't work out, I'll grab whoever they bring in to replace him. But that's an up-and-coming offense, so there should be plenty of extra points to be had there for him. Uh, D-Rex at 145 gets the Cardinals D. Uh, Doug from DFSR gets the Chiefs defense. I take uh, the kicker from Green Bay, Mason Crosby. Again, hoping Green Bay scoring a lot of points. Uh, John... Uh, from uh, Pro Football Weekly gets Brock Osweiler, the Houston quarterback. Justin Tucker goes to uh, Jay at Razball. The Bengals defense at 150 goes to Ramona, and then she takes her kicker, Stephen Hoshka, the Seattle kicker. Uh, Jay at Razball gets the Chargers defense at 152. Uh, John uh, takes Dan Bailey, the Dallas kicker. Uh, I end up taking Derek Carr, the Oakland quarterback, at 154. Um, probably could have gone with a wide receiver instead of the quarterback, as there is a lot of uh, people available on the wide receiver uh, or on the on the waiver wire. But again, that goes for both quarterback and wide receiver at this point in the draft. Chris Boswell, the Pittsburgh kicker, goes to Doug at DFSR. Philip Dorsett, taken by D-Rex. Uh, the Buccaneers defense, uh, taken by Wally at 157. James White uh, by Matt Chatham, uh, taken at 158. An interesting pick. Uh, the running back from New England that didn't get taken that I think might have some great potential is Tyler Gaffney. Be watching exactly. him very closely uh, during this preseason. Adam Vinatieri goes to Brandon for her fantasy football, and DeAndre Washington becomes uh, Mr. Irrelevant for Joel Hennard, the Oakland running back. Uh, it's our last pick of the draft. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, on this draft, and I will now give you a moment to uh, uh, <laughs> to promote your. Uh, <laughs> I'll now give you a moment to promote uh, your podcasts and your websites. Uh, was that it? Was so- that your promotion? That was your promotion, yeah. <laughs> no, I will start uh, with you, Brandon, from her fantasy football. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I'm excited for Ashley to take over the Browns as I have drafted them. Uh, Yeah, so please visit us at HerFantasyFootball.com. You can find our tiered draft sheet. It's literally the best draft sheet you will ever find. Uh, It's simple. It's cool. It's at HerFantasyFootball.com slash cheat sheet. We're on SiriusXM from 9 to 11. So come check us out. 
So I will uh, I will jump in here for Matt Chatham. Matt Chatham uh, hosts the Football by Football podcast. You can check out his website, footballbyfootball.com. They do college and pro football. Uh, it's fantastic. You don't want to miss the stuff at Football by Football. Uh, Wally, give us a little taste about what people can find from you and the Fantasy Sharks. Uh, yeah, I'm Wally Sperlin. Um I write for Fancy Sharks. Uh, during the regular season, I have four articles per week. Wally's World comes out Monday. Start Bench comes out Wednesday. The Blitz, which is all IDP, comes out on Thursdays. That's part of the premium package at Fancy Sharks. And then on Fridays, I have a daily fantasy article about team defenses that are bargains. Our podcast is the Fantasy Football Feeding Frenzy. It's on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday night from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Myself and Gary Davenport, who everybody knows from Fantasy Sharks and Bleach Report, and Mr. Todd Lasky mm-hmm. from Minnesota, who everybody knows is a big Adrian Peterson slappy. We're on every Thursday night. Awesome. All right, next up, uh, we've got uh, D-Rex from Pyromaniacs.com. What's going on, guys? Uh, been a fun draft. Awesome to hang out with all of you, and uh, we'll make sure to have a good season and talking lots of uh, trash and doing that all on Pyromaniac.com. Check it out. We're the only fantasy football with a soul. We do two podcasts, the Pyro Podcast, Fantasy Football Fire, and the Pyro Podcast Light, which is run by my partner, Pyromaniac Mo. Our heavy shows go basically three hours. We don't hold back. We have a good time. We crack some Valverde's um, and just talk a lot of smack, and, and it's it's good time. There's no tote in the company line on either of our shows, so check those out. We got an awesome draft kit. We got Pyro Pro, which is a premium package, and just in general, um, we're we're, we're going to give you the, the goods. We uh, consider all of our content a uh, weapon of mass destruction for you to use on the rest of your league. Doug, DailyFantasySportsRankings.com. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was a good time. This is actually my first uh, draft for the year, and so I felt like it was setting a nice baseline. And if you want to check us out, we're really more in the daily space for FanDuel and DraftKings, giving out advice, our weekly projections, weekly optimal lineups over at DailyFantasySportsRankings.com, DFSR.com for short. And that's where you can go to get started if you're if you're new to the daily space. Uh, you know this is more seasonal, but FanDuel and DraftKings. If you're if you want to avoid the injury bug or just go week to week, that we're we're there to help you out with that. John, Pro Football Weekly. Yeah, it's been an honor to to draft with you guys. Come check us out at ProFootballWeekly.com. Uh, PFW has been a part of the football conversation since 1967. Uh, we just relaunched online this past March. And our fantasy podcast, which I co-host, we go over season-long and DFS with guests. We actually just had Adam Levitan from DraftKings and Fantasy Labs today. Uh, so go check that out and come check us out at ProFootballWeekly.com. Jay at Razzball Fantasy. Yeah, thanks for having me, Pod. You can reach us at Razzball.com. We're not the prettiest site. We don't have the best analytics. We don't have the best tools. But we try to bring a little humor to it. I'm pretty sure 95% of us are drunk when we write about <laughs> Our sports, I'm probably 94% of that, so obviously we're not good at math. But, you know, that's your niche, and I guess the other niche would be, like, if you like honesty. Uh, I was probably a little too honest there. But if you if you kind of dig that, then come check us out. We're always in the top 20 percentile in fantasy football rankings. It's something we're proud of. And, uh, yeah, if you like a little twist, come on over. 
Ramona Rice, our defending champion and the sports gal pal. Yeah, you can check out the show. has been on hiatus since, um, was it March? It's coming back in September because I'm being forced to, not by Jay, but by myself. Um, but yeah, new episodes will be coming out um, first week of September, and I'm excited. Sportsgalpal.com. And of course, I'm on Blog Talk Radio. Awesome. And Joel Hennard, uh, who was unable to join us this evening, uh, the Fantasy Insiders podcast on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, be sure to check it out, and you'll be able to check out all of our podcasts. I should mention Pod Vader. Uh, I'm the host of the Next Fan Up podcast uh, by the fan for the fan. We have 32 super fans, each representing one of the teams in the NFL. Uh, so uh, come check us out every Thursday and Sunday. And during the season, we'll be adding an extra special Wednesday show where I'm sure you're going to hear uh, one of the other nine uh, folks that are part of this uh, fantasy league on my Wednesday show, along with uh, other special guests, whomever I can uh, round up to talk football. Uh, that's what we like to do. Just talk football. Next fan up blogtalkradio.com slash nextfanup and uh, check out all our great podcasts at blogtalkradio.com for all of our our hosts here that joined us for the draft. Thank you very much. Uh, Look forward to uh, playing against all of you this season. Uh, And with that, I'm going to leave it with a there you have it. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal Podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.